Come on, that's funny. I don't care who you are, all right? You can laugh. YOLO. If you're old and here, you don't know what that means. It means you only live once, right? Jesus lived twice, so uh, he, he can't say that. So we're starting a new series today called Things Jesus Never Said. And uh, man, if you grew up in the South, especially, you hear people say like, cleanliness is next to godliness. Guess what? That's not in the Bible. I hate to tell you all that, and Jesus never said that. Uh, sometimes we hear people say that God will never give me more than I can handle. Well, guess what? That's also not in the Bible. Jesus never said those things. And so our lives, it's actually, I think it's filled with things that Jesus has never said. And so today, we're going to talk about some things that Jesus never said, but what he actually really said. And so if you know us, we have three small children at our house, we have an almost eight-year-old. His name is Reuben. We have a five-year-old. Her name is Ellie. And we have a three-year-old who will be everyone in here's boss at some point in, in, her, in your lifetime. Her name is Lucy. You should get to know her. Uh, so she's going to run the world one day, I promise. Uh, but our, our eight-year-old is in a phase of life that, God bless him, is going to drive me crazy. Uh, how many of y'all have kids in this place? Okay, how many of y'all have little kids? Like, around the ages, I just told you. So our, our Reuben is, he's going to drive me crazy. And uh, he will want to, he wants to be a part of every conversation we have, everyone. And so we'll be on the phone in the car. He can't hear what the other person is saying. All he can hear is what I'm saying. And so I'll, someone will say something on the phone and I'll respond, that's awesome. And he has no idea what this person just said, right? But he'll go, oh, I'll, I'll go, that's awesome. He goes, oh, we're going to Disney World? I'm like, what? No. What did you, what did you get? I didn't say that. You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of times we have a hard time hearing the voice of God. And sometimes we forget maybe what Jesus has said. And, and Jesus is probably looking down from heaven going, I never said that, right? Like, I, what are you talking about? Please stop saying that I said this because I never said that. And one of the things we're going to look at today is an interesting title, but I thought, or interesting topic, but I thought it'd be fun for us to look at some things Jesus Never said. We're going to have some uh, memes up on the screen. The first one is this. We all know this person on Facebook. You can throw out the first picture. Father, forgive them. You can go to the next one. For they know not what they post, right? Jesus never said that, but my goodness, I've had to say those words a few times, right? Like this, uh, these last few weeks. All right, the next one. Here's something Jesus never said. Fool me once and I'll forgive you. Fool me twice and I'll give you hemorrhoids. You know, like Jesus never said that, thankfully. All right, the last one, he says this. Sorry, uh, you've sinned too much for me to forgive you. You know, I can forgive everyone else, but you really get on my nerves, you know? A lot of us feel like Jesus might think that. Like he's this angry person uh, with a magnifying glass, like looking to punish us as ants down here. But really, we have a God who's very, very forgiving, and so we're going to talk about what Jesus really says about forgiveness. I think we have a lot of misconstru misconstrued things that we think that Jesus said about forgiveness, but if we actually look at what Jesus said about forgiveness, it's actually pretty radical. And so I'm going to go ahead and give you a warning right now. Uh, you might want to scoot your toes in a little bit. I might step on your toes today, okay? If I do, I'm sorry. Don't get mad at me. It's all in the Bible, okay? I did not write the Bible. I'm just here to tell you what it says, okay? So I think it's going to be an awesome time. It's going to be a fun time. But I would ask, just have an open heart. Have an open mind, because I believe God can drastically and change your life tonight by what we're talking about. Y'all ready? Y'all with me? Come on, y'all ready? 
All right, here we go. We're going to get going. We're going to look at a story in Matthew chapter 6. And if you've grown up in church, you've seen, this is like Jesus's famous sermon. The most famous one he did is the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus covered a lot of topics on this sermon. I mean, he talked about divorce. He talked about uh, trust. He talked about the Beatitudes, right? Like how we should really live. He talked about the kingdom of God. One of the things he talked about was how to pray. And in this prayer, uh, he teaches us, right? You've all heard the Lord's Prayer. We're going to read it in a second. And at the end, Jesus kind of throws a grenade, all right? He gets done teaching everyone, here's how you should pray. But at the end, he throws in this little thing that honestly just uh, blew their minds because it was so countercultural. And it's honestly countercultural in our culture as well. So we're going to look at that. It says this. This then is how you should pray. Our Father. Y'all say, Our Father. Come on, y'all say, Our Father. There we go. In heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And notice, it does not say this. It, Jesus did not say, forgive our debts while we still hold on to grudges. He did not say, I will forgive you, but listen, what they did to you is really bad. You don't have to forgive them. Jesus did not say that. He says this, and forgive our debts. We all expect forgiveness from God, right? I hope you do, because we all need it. But it says this, and forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So he starts off by saying that, and then he throws the grenade out. He says this, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others of their sins, your father will not forgive you of your sins. Now, that's pretty strong, what Jesus said. He's saying, hey, listen, you want me to forgive you, you gotta forgive others. That's how his kingdom works. That's what, that's what happens in God's kingdom. You see, for a long, long years of my life, I walked around with a lot of unforgiveness, a lot of bitterness in my life, about a few different things that had happened in my life. And it affected me big time. It affected almost, not even almost, I think every area of my life. Because here's what forgiveness does. Forgiveness is like you drinking poison, but expecting the other person to die. And so I had done that. I had taken this poison of unforgiveness, thinking I was holding on to something that someone else needed and I wasn't going to give it to them because that was going to make everything okay and I wasn't going to do that. But what that really does is that actually deteriorates your soul from the inside out. And I walked around with bitterness for so, so long. And any time that I talk about forgiveness, I know it can stir up so many emotions with so many people because some people in this room have been hurt really badly. And I know that. Maybe your spouse has cheated on you. Maybe your best friend lied to you. Maybe someone you loved and admired, one of your heroes, they let you down. Maybe someone owed you and they didn't pay and they took advantage of you. Someone maybe that was really important to you broke a promise. Maybe for some of you, you've been trying to win over the approval of your parents. 
and they keep letting you down time and time and time and time again, and you're just left hurt and bitter over all of that. Maybe someone that you trusted was supposed to protect you, and instead they abused you physically, verbally, sexually, and it destroyed your life. And I know this is a really, really tough subject. I, wanna, I, wanna, I don't want to go on and not recognize that there are some hurts that we go through that are hard to explain. There are some hurts that we go through that it seems impossible to forgive someone for. And I know in a room this big, there are people that are dealing with some stuff that you're like, you're going to ask me to forgive this person? You have no idea what they did to me. You have no idea what they did to my family. You have no idea. And I would tell you, I am so sorry that you're going through that. And I hope tonight is the beginning of freedom for you. I really do. So the question we need to ask is, how in the world can I forgive someone who has done something that seems unforgivable? Right, like how in the world can I even begin to do this? You know, Jesus, I believe, he gives us a few clues in this passage. Here's what he says. He says, this then is how you should pray. He says, our Father. Y'all say, our Father. Come on, y'all say, our Father. All right, notice it does not say, my father, it says our father. Here's something we need to understand is whether we like it or not, every person in this room, every person on planet earth, God is their father and we are his children. Uh, I don't know about you guys. A lot of you raise your hand. You have kids. We have three. And I would say most of the time they really get along. Like there is some bickering. We had a meltdown today. All right. Someone got slapped. And it was a big thing, right? Um, and that happens. But nothing makes my heart happier than when my kids get along. When we can look out in the backyard and they're all jumping on the trampoline and they're not mad at each other, they're not upset, they're not tattling, they're not coming in and telling us something that Reuben said and all that, you know, it's, it's, it is amazing. That is, and we're, oh, this is even better. When you're taking a road trip with your children and there's not a meltdown, that is a miracle. And I, I love that. And uh, we took a road trip not too long ago and there was no meltdowns. And so I love that's when our kids get along, I love it. But there's also nothing worse than when your children are fighting. Can anyone give me an amen in this place? Come on. There's nothing worse than your kids fighting. I'm like, guys, Stop, who cares? You know, like, why are you doing this? And uh, it's so, it, honestly, that will frustrate me more than anything else. But I believe God likes the same thing. He likes it to see his kids get along. He likes seeing us love each other. He likes seeing us accept each other. He likes seeing his kids get along. Actually, the Bible, it says this. It says, therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then come offer your gift. God's saying this, hey, don't come to church and try to worship me when there's something going on between you and somebody else. You might have a grudge in this place. It might be something that was so small and so insignificant, but man, you've let it get under your skin. And anytime this person walks in the room, you're like, 
please go drive into oncoming traffic. You know, like you just don't like being around them. You know what I'm saying? Or, okay, all of us know this one. You're scrolling on Facebook, okay? And this person has posted something that you wholeheartedly disagree with. I'm talking, did you see what her dad said? Can you believe he voted for this person? Can you believe? And all of a sudden, you start like getting gets under your skin. And all of a sudden, when you see this person, when you see them post about something, there's just something in check. God would say, you need to go get that right. You need to kind of settle that, right? He would also say the same thing about big acts that have been done against us. Like, okay, you're holding on to bitterness with this person. You got to go get that right. Uh, and he's saying this. He's saying, you cannot have a healthy relationship with God if you don't have, I'm sorry, you cannot have a healthy relationship with God and have toxic relationships with others. It's impossible because God designed us to do life together. So it's our father. It's not my father. It's our father. Because think about it. Who does unforgiveness hurt? First, I would say it hurts the heart of God. But second, I would say that it's hurting the person that's being the one that's not forgiving. The sad truth of, of the matter is this, is that the person that you need to forgive probably doesn't care, right? They don't even know they may have done anything wrong. Or maybe they're just honestly so far gone that they're not even, you're not even on their radar. And they did something that hurts you so bad. And that's why forgiveness is so tricky. It's like opening the womb of hurts every time you think about this person, every time you hold on to bitterness. It's like you're replaying the thing that happened to you over and over and over and over again. Someone said this, you may be living in a prison of offense and forgiveness is the key that sets you free from the prison of defense, of offense. Man, I think that's true for a lot of us in here, that we've been held captive by bitterness and unforgiveness. And all the while, the key is forgiveness. If you want to be free from that tonight, man, the first step is to forgive. I know uh, before we moved to Florida, we were at a church in Knoxville, and uh, we were on staff there for a while, and um, it was a hard transition for us to leave that church and then to uh, go to another church because at that church, we'd experienced a little bit of hurt. And some of that, a lot of that was my fault. And some of that was maybe someone else's fault. And I remember I held on to bitterness from one person for so long. And I, every time I would, this person would come across my Twitter feed, I'd be like, God, I cannot stand this guy. Right? Like, oh, my God. And I would just, you know how it is when you get someone you don't like and you're just, they always pop up. Like, if you don't like, if you don't like somebody, they will show up in your life all the time, you know? And it was the same. And I just, every day, I'd think about this person. I'd be like, God, I cannot stand this person. And we go to a new church. We're in South Florida this time. And we get into an all day. I've never done this before. This is the first time I've ever done this. An all day prayer service for the staff. I mean, I'm talking from eight to five. We stuck in this room and we're praying. And I honestly wasn't looking forward to it, to be honest. And uh, the first thing that happens, we get in there, we're worshiping. Our pastor gets up. He says, hey, I just want someone to know that uh, God, God told me there's someone in this room that, man, you have someone in your life that you, they cross your mind all the time. And every time they cross your mind, you can't stand them. You can't say a nice word to them. You can't think a nice thought about them. And I just want to let you know, if that's you, uh, you have to get that right. Or you're not going to get anything out of our time today. So while we sing this next song, you need to get up and, and try to go make that right. 
well, by God, I felt like a spotlight shined down on me. I'm like, how did he know? Like, he doesn't even know my name, this guy. And he's sitting here reading my mail, I feel like. And so this guy that I had been holding a grudge against, he came to my mind. And I was like, all right, well, I need to go take care of this. So I went outside. I called this person. I left him a voicemail. He didn't answer. And I left him a voicemail. And I said, hey, I want to tell you that I'm sorry for anything that I've done. And uh, I, I want to ask your forgiveness, but I want you to know that I also forgive you. And man, I, I hope the best for you. I love you. And if you, you don't have to call me back, if you want, you can. Hung on the phone. I left. And I'm telling you, something happened inside of me that day. I have not thought twice about this situation, about this person since then. And there was a sense of freedom that I was able to, to find because of just going, you know what? I've been holding on to this. It's been hurting me. And uh, I wonder how many stories like that are in this room. I think there are major stories in this room. Major forgiveness needs to happen. But I think most of them are probably like that. And you don't realize how much it's affecting your life. And God wants you to be free. But again, I know that some people might not be there. Maybe you're one of the ones that you've had something done to you and it seems like it's unforgivable. Well, God helps us there too. It says this, and this is the same, same Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, you've heard it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, right? We all think that. I like the people I like. I don't like the people I don't like. Well, here's what Jesus says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, again, I, I want to be really clear. Forgiveness does not make, it doesn't make it okay what was done to you. What was done to you may be terrible. It may be awful. It, it may be heinous. It does not make it okay. But God does tell us we need to forgive. And, and honestly, if you're at a point where you're like, I'm not ready to make that step. I, listen, I get it. I pray that one day you get there. But what God tells us to do is what we can begin to do is to pray for the person that hurt us. And here's the deal. I know that that sounds like, I, how, I don't even know how I can pray. If I pray for this person, I'm going to pray that they fall off a cliff. You know, like I, I don't want to do that. You know what? Start praying that way. And I guarantee you, God will change your heart because here's what I know. Your prayer, it may or may not change others, but it always changes you. Prayer may not change someone else. It might change someone else, but prayer will always change you. When you begin to pray, God begins to do a work in your life because when you pray, you step into the presence of God. And when you're in the presence of God, he begins to change things in your life. So prayer, it may or may not change someone else, but it always changes you. It will always change you. Man, and so I would challenge you, if you can't make the step to forgive this week, if you can't make the step of going, you know what, I've got to forgive this person for that. If you can't do that, I want you to commit this week for one minute a day. That's it, 60 seconds. I want you to pray for this person. Just pray. Say, God, I am still sad about this, but I pray that you would get a hold of this person because I know they need you. That's it. You don't have to pray anything more than that. But as you begin to pray, God will begin to loosen that grip in your heart. I promise you that. 
And here's the deal. I know that some people are like, but I don't feel like doing that. I don't feel like praying. I'm going to tell you some advice, maybe some wisdom, and I want you to uh, put it into practice this week. Here's, here it is. Actions lead and feelings follow, okay? Actions lead and feelings follow. Here's what I mean. If you're going to wait until you feel like praying for this person, you will never do it. But if you start praying, your feelings will follow. Here's a perfect example. I told you, me and a couple of the guys in this room, we go to First Baptist Hendersonville. We're there at six o'clock every morning and we work out together. Uh, nine times out of 10, I don't feel like going ever, right? Bobby will tell you, he's in the back right here. He's laughing because he, he feels the same way. <laughs> None of us feel like going. But guess what? The more I go, the more I want to be there right? And the same is true for this. You're not going to feel like forgiving this person, but actions lead and then feelings follow. You got to just, sometimes your feelings, you got to push them aside and you got to go, you know what? I'm going to do this anyway. I'm going to do it because God knows what's best for me. And he wants me to take that step. Actions lead, feelings follow. Here's what it says in uh, Colossians. It says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If anyone has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. How does God forgive you? Freely. He doesn't expect anything from you. He's forgiving you freely. And so we are supposed to forgive others as well. I'm gonna invite Joey to come up and play underneath me uh, as we wrap up today. But how many homes, think about this, how many of your homes would look better if a dad was able to put his arms around a son and just say, hey, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? How many marriages would be put back together if a spouse could look at the other spouse and say, I was wrong, I'm so sorry I hurt you, will you please forgive me? How many of you would be set free tonight? If you just said, God, I forgive this person. It might not be healthy for you to be around them, but God, I forgive this person. They've hurt me deeply, and you still got to deal with that hurt, but man, it's so nice to forgive. So here's the deal. God is not mean. It feels mean. God's not mean when he asks you to forgive. He actually knows that's the only thing that's going to set you free, and I want you to be free. I'm telling there's nobody in your life, I promise, that wants you more free than me, other than God, obviously. I think God wants you free, but I want you free really bad because I know what it's like to walk around in bitterness. It's terrible. It'll eat you alive, but God wants you to be free. And forgiveness, it empowers you to set the prisoner free, but you have to realize that that prisoner is you. You have to, you have to, you have to forgive if you want to be free. They go hand in hand. Dave Wills, uh, he said this. He said, holding on to a grudge doesn't make you strong. It makes you bitter. And forgiving, it doesn't make you weak. It sets you free. So I want you to just bow your heads and close your eyes in this place as we kind of wrap up tonight. And uh, got two things. First, I, I think there are people in this room that there has been something done and you honestly need God's help to forgive a person that has wronged you. And so I, honestly, I wanna pray for you tonight because I know that's hard. 
And I know that's a big step. So if, you, if that's you and you're like, hey, I need God's help for giving some person in my life. I've been hurt. I've been wronged. Clint, would you just pray for me in this moment? Would you just raise your hand? I would love to pray for you. Come on, you can raise your hand. It's okay. God, you see every hand that's up and you already know what has been done. And God, your word tells us that you are near to the brokenhearted. You're right there. God, I pray that you would give these people courage uh, to, to take the first step and just pray for the person that hurt them. But God, I pray that as we do that this week, as we begin to pray for the people that have persecuted us, they've hurt us, God, that you would begin to set people free. God, I pray even in this moment, as someone begins to forgive a person that has hurt them, even right now in this moment, God, that you would set them free because that is exactly what your word tells us that you will do. You want us free. God, you want to give us an abundant life, your word tells us. And God, I pray that that can start right now with saying, uh, with these people saying, God, I forgive this person. God, would you give them strength? Would you give them peace? Uh, God, I pray for the people that have done, that have offended those that have raised their hand. God, would you begin to work in their life, God? Would you begin to change them? God, would you, I pray that you would stop what they're doing if it's evil, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray that they would come to know you, that you would stop them any way you can. But God, I pray for them. I pray for their salvation, God. I pray that they can find the hope that we have found because it can truly change anybody. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. There's another group in here. I haven't talked to you much tonight. But maybe you're the person that did some, some hurtful things to someone else, and you need to be the one that, you're the one that needs to be forgiven. First of all, I want to tell you, you found a home here. Okay? You can come in here with any past, and you can find a home here. And I want you to know that God has forgiven you. In fact, if there's anyone in here that hasn't received the forgiveness of God and stepped into a relationship with him, man, God is calling you right now. The Bible tells us that all of us have messed up. We call that a sin. We've all sinned. And when we sin, it separates us from God. And when we sin, we need God to forgive us so that we can have a relationship with God. Well, good news, God's already paid the price for your sin. He's already forgiven you. Now, the question is, are you going to receive that forgiveness? Do you believe? And the Bible talks about when we do that, when we receive that forgiveness, and when we believe, we can actually invite the God of the universe that's all loving, he's all powerful, he's, he's invited into our lives. And I'm telling you, everything in your life can change. And so if you want to make that decision tonight, if you want to make the decision to invite Jesus in your life, to receive that forgiveness for yourself, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand and I want to invite you to do that with us tonight. So if that's you, on the count of three, you can raise your hand. One, two, three, come on. If you want to make that decision, you can raise your hand. Beautiful, you can put your hand down. If that's you, I want you to repeat this after me. And here's the deal, this prayer is not magical. There's no secret formula here, but God knows the posture of your heart. God knows that you want to believe and I believe that this is just a way to articulate it. If that's you, I want you to say, dear God, I need you. I know I've messed up and I need your forgiveness. I invite you into my life. And in the best way I know how, I will live for you. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. Come on, y'all give it up for those people that made that decision tonight. That's what it's about, guys. I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey, next week, we're going to tackle a new topic that Jesus never said. And uh, man, Jesus never said he just wants you to be happy. All right. So we're going to talk about that next week. It's going to be really, really awesome. Hey, if you made that decision, uh, you can look at this card right here. And at the bottom, it says, I want to know more about, and it has a bunch of space. If you made that decision, say, I, I want to know more about following Jesus. And we'll get in touch with you this week. You can drop your phone number down there and we'd love to get coffee with you, get a meal with you or meet with you over Zoom, however you want to do it. And uh, we'd love to see you. But hey, next week, four o'clock, we cannot wait to see you. Hey, don't come alone. Drag somebody with you. All right. I don't care if you meet them at the, the Dodgers chicken over here. All right. You can bring them with you. I don't care. And uh, we'd love to meet them. But hey, you guys have a blessed, blessed week. We love you. And we'll see you next Sunday. All right.